Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Before we begin today's interview, it's time for our five-minute segment where we have a quick check-in with some of our favorite writers. And now, five minutes with Alan Dean Foster. Alan, tell us uh, what's going on in your life this week. I had two uh, short story collections come out from uh, the wonderful Wordfire Press. One is all fantasy, the taste of different dimensions, and the other one is all science fiction, the flavor of other worlds. And uh, let's see, we're preparing the print edition also with Wordfire of the complete Mad Amos Malone. And Centipede Press is doing uh, my history of my a history of my involvement with novelizations going all the way back to 1973 and coming up to the present day, which is called The Director Should Have Shot You. It's being set even as we even as we speak by Centipede Press. Awesome. What are the biggest challenges this week when you sit down to write? <laughs> Find something new to write about. <laughs> Find, you know, after 45 years of doing this, finding a new way to describe the blue of the sky or the emptiness of space gets really tough. English is a wonderful language. But there are only so many words in the language. And even if you pull in a few from French or Italian or Swahili or Hindi, you still only have a limited number of words to describe the world around you. So it becomes difficult after a while. But you plug ahead and every once in a while, something totally unexpected pops into your head. And that's one of the great joys of writing. How do you divide your time between writing? I know you're also bodybuilding, lifting? Powerlifting. Powerlifting, sir. In fact, I had a meet, a small local meet a couple of weeks ago. And at this point in my uh, my lifting career, such as it is, in fact, in my life, if I pick something up and nothing breaks, and I'm not referring to what be, is being picked up, but the picker-upper, uh, then I consider it a successful uh, successful meet. So nothing broke, and there's always super glue. And... Uh, I'm going to keep doing it as long as I possibly can. And anyway, most of my competition is dead. Once guys get over 55, particularly 60 years old, they're either so busted up from having done it for 30 or 40 years that they can't do it anymore, or they've accomplished everything they wanted to do for the past 30 or 40 years, so they have no interest in doing it anymore. And since I didn't start until I was 61, uh, it's still all fairly new to me, and it it's just fun going into the gym and occasionally lifting something that 25-year-old guys can't lift. <laughs> That's a little bit of an ego thing, but it's such a direct opposite to writing that it, it's fun to do. It's, it's like you go completely from one aspect of your life to a completely different aspect of your life. And most of the people I lift with don't know that I write. And most of the people who know me as a writer don't know that I lift. Uh, so it's, uh, that's kind of fun going back and forth, too. It's it's two lives. One is mental and one is physical. And I think they complement each other. How important is it for a writer to have something like that on the side to kind of let their brain rest, so to speak? I think it's very important. Uh, if you're young, you play basketball or soccer, or something like that. When you get older, you might do bike riding or even just jogging. But if you're focused on what you're doing physically, then it really does give your mind a rest. Uh, I don't know anybody who can play basketball and think about an essay that they're trying to write, just as a for instance. I think it's very important. The writer Yukio Mishima, regardless of what you think of his politics, was a strong advocate of this and was one of the people I read about who got me interested in it in the first place. 
the whole idea of strong mind, strong body. But I really think it's true. So we recently asked uh, our Twitter followers what to do when you have writer's block, and someone suggested to stop writing and watch a movie that inspires you. Do you ever do that? Well, I've never had writer's block, so it never has been an issue for me. But there are times when I'm in the midst of writing something when it slows down. And then it's a good idea. I, I think it's just like running a race. If, if you're doing a mile or a marathon and uh, you get halfway through, marathon is probably a better example, and you find yourself running out of gas, probably a good idea to slow down, maybe grab a drink from uh, one of the people standing by the side of the race course <laughs> and, and gather yourself before you go back to it. Uh, nobody can just keep writing. I know people who've written very, very quickly, like Robert Silverberg and Isaac Asimov, and even they have to stop once in a while and get something to eat, take a nap, and clearing your mind is very good. John W. Campbell, the noted editor of Astounding Analog, used to watch wrestling on TV, and I'm sure that cleared his mind, you know, really good. So I, I think it's now you have to take a break once in a while. Nobody can go out all out all the time. Last question. What are you most looking forward to for the next coming week? What's on the horizon? Well, I go to gym two times a week and lift, and I do all the shopping because my wife, unfortunately, is unable to do that sort of thing anymore. Uh, there's not a whole lot of excitement in going to Costco and Walmart, but uh, you, know, you, you make of it what you will. It's, it's actually fairly dull. However, spring has sprung, and there are a lot of new birds showing up here, and you never know. You might get an idea for a story from watching the birds. And it's certainly a lot more relaxing than a number of other things you could be doing. So nothing horribly exciting, I'm afraid. But uh, maybe later on in the year, I'll have something else to talk about. All right, Alan. Well, thank you for always blessing us with wisdom. We appreciate it. <laughs> Your definition. <laughs> I'm always happy to talk. I love it. All right. Well, we'll definitely have you back on for another segment soon. Good luck with everything. And uh, enjoy uh, that uh, sunshine and, and the birds. Thanks. You guys, too. All right. Thanks, Alan. And now? Back to the show. All right. Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Beth Schwartz. Beth is the showrunner and executive producer of CW's Arrow. She's also written for Legends of Tomorrow, Heart of Dixie, Brothers and Sisters, and What About Brian. Beth, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Good. Thank you. Where are you in the world? That's always my first question, so I'm just going to throw <laughs> it at you. I am in Burbank, California. Beautiful Burbank. Is that where you shoot? Is that where you live? How does that yeah, tie in? I don't shoot or live here, but I do work here. <laughs> the writer's office is ah. and we shoot actually in Vancouver. Cool. So, you know, I described who you are and what you do. How do you usually tell people who you are and what you do in your own words? Oh, I usually just tell them that I'm on Arrow. I'm a writer on Arrow and a showrunner. That's usually what I say when people ask me. A lot of people don't know what a showrunner is, though. I feel like in the outside of the writer circle. So I usually get asked, like, what does that mean? <laughs> totally. So, and that would be our next question. For those who don't know, how would you describe, like, what the difference between a showrunner, an executive producer, that kind of thing? A showrunner is the craziest job in the world. <laughs> That's how I explain it. It's not for um, sane people, for sure. Um, it's basically you are kind of the final say of everything that goes in into the show um, in terms of story, 
post, casting, just everything. Production. It's um it's a crazy, crazy job, but so much fun. Are there other showrunners on Arrow or are you the only one or I am the only one. Whoa. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> but I have um, you know, Mark Guggenheim who's the creator and who was the previous showrunner for the past six years. He's, you know, he's been a great mentor and I have him anytime I need him, you know, to, I, he's there for me, um, which is great. Which a lot of first time showrunners don't have that. So I feel very lucky. Amazing. Uh, tell us where you are in the process with Arrow right now. We are at the end of season seven. We are now just breaking episode 21 and 22, our finale episodes wow. of the season. Yeah, I'm super happy about that. <laughs> and do you know um, at this point or, you know, every season, do you know if you're going to get renewed or what's coming up on the horizon? Do you have other projects you're going to be working on? Yeah, we've been very fortunate. On, you know, I've worked on the show since season one, and I've never worked on a show where you knew that you were coming back before Upfronts or, you know, before mid-May. And on this show, we've known every... Oh, wow. Every season, super early that we're coming back, which is quite a luxury in TV. And as you work on this show, do you work on other projects? Are you starting to think, oh, you know, I could start working on another show or I could work on write my own script? Or is that kind of your number one focus is Arrow right now? Um, Well, throughout the seasons, yes, I've been, I had worked on other things. But as a first time showrunner, I definitely wanted to concentrate my full attention on the show. You know, it is, not a small amount of work. So um, yeah, this year I've just been 100% focused on on Arrow. Cool. Would you be down to kind of walk us through your process, kind of like maybe using like a season as an example and guiding us through it? Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you, you know, as I said, being on the show um, and knowing that we have a season to follow has been really helpful creatively. So when we when we're nearing the end of the season, like how we are now, we already start talking about the next season because right. it just kind of comes up. And it's great creatively to know, you know, for some shows, when you know if you're coming back, it's like, you know, do you close the end or do you keep it open? You know, those are the conversations that are had on, on other shows that I've been on. But on Arrow, we always have so much story that, that we try to get out for one season. And then it always gets pushed over to the next uh, season because we never can make it in, in our, you know, in 22 episodes, which is a lot of episodes, which is kind of shocking. But um, so, yeah, so right now we're breaking the end of the season, but also starting, starting to figure out what next season looks like. And then at the beginning of the season, we just brainstorm all the arcs and the themes for the entire season will map out. So we pretty much know where we're going from beginning, middle to end with all our characters before we start writing. And things change, obviously, with having so many episodes. But that's, I would say, the first step of the season. As far as that plotting, um, are you writing that down on like big poster boards? Is that like a, a shared doc they're sending around? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah, so we have, um, we've gone through a million different iterations of, of organizing ourselves in the room. And for me, what I like is we have note cards that kind of say every, we have every character listed and then we have every episode listed. And then we have kind of what's happening to them throughout the season. And sometimes we have them in a certain episode or we just have, we just know what happens in a chapter. 
because we break it up into three different chapters uh, okay. as well. Yeah. So would you look at a season arc across those episodes almost as like a film, almost as like three different acts? Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. And then tell us about the writing process itself. What's your involvement? I assume a showrunner also writes in the writer's room. What's your relationship with the writers? Yes. I love all my writers and I'm not just saying that, (laughs) but they really, you know, they make me look good and we hired a bunch of new people this season, which has been really fun. Um, just get some new, fresh, um, ideas in. And then we have half of our group is veterans who've been here, you know, throughout the seasons and almost, I think every single one of our veterans started off on the show as an assistant, which I think is really cool. And they're all now writers, including myself. So I think that's pretty unique. And basically, the writing process is who's ever the named writer on the script. We always have two uh, writers per episode. So if we're not behind on schedule, those two writers will write the episode. You know, we'll they'll break it in a room together, and then I'll come in and approve, or you know, change things around, or you know, let them know what my vision is, and then they'll write the script, and then you know, I'll do. A final pass on it. But I, I like to give notes so that they're doing most of the writing so that most of what ends up on the screen is their words more than mine. You mentioned that you hired some new writers. For those aspiring TV writers listening, how do you go about hiring and finding talent for TV? Usually agents will send, I mean, I went through staffing season, I guess last season or season seven, and it was my first time hiring writers. And so the process, I usually was on the other side of things. So it was, it was very interesting. I get lists from agents, uh, from the studio, have, have people that they recommend from friends, you know, just all over kind of. What's your favorite thing to write yourself? And do you write specific episodes? Do you get the credit for the writing? Or are you more of like a higher level? I'll have written probably five episodes this season. And I, Throughout my career on Arrow, I've written probably over 30-something episodes. But we um, we also on the show right now, in the last uh, half of the show, we also group write a lot. And because everyone is such a great writer and so seasoned, it, it's um, it's a great way to write a script fast, which you know we need in our schedule of 22 episodes, which is sometimes crazy. So I get to do, you know... I get to do a fair amount of writing, but I definitely wrote more when I wasn't the showrunner. When you say group write, what specifically do you mean by that process? So basically, we split up the episode into scenes. So everyone on the staff will write like two or three scenes and help out. And it won't just be the writers who are named on that script. Ah, Yeah. Cool. How many writers in the writer's room? I think we have about nine writers plus myself, which is the biggest room we've ever had on Arrow. (laughs) Season one, we had, I think there were four writers and me, I was a writer assistant, so I wasn't even technically on staff and two showrunners, four writers and me. Yeah. So that was, it was tiny. It was really tiny. Tell us about, there's a lot of different characters. Which one are you? If I had to pick any of the characters, I mean, I, love Felicity and I've always sort of seen sort of myself in her and I you know I just love her her fun dialogue she's kind of quirky and silly and always says the wrong things but I also 
you know, I've been with these characters so long that I, I feel like I know all of them so well. And, you know, I can, I can write for, for every single one of them and they're, you know, and I just feel it's, it's interesting just being, having that relationship with fictional characters, I guess. You really feel like, you know, the real people when you write them. Do you have a favorite character that you enjoy writing? I don't know if I have a <laughs> favorite. This could get me in trouble. <laughs> um, but I do feel a, a definite um, closeness to Roy Harper because he was first introduced in an episode I wrote, season one. So I do feel a type of ownership of his character just because I got to introduce him to in our universe, which was really cool. Cool. As far as writing the actual scripts, tell us about the script format. How does it differ than, say, like a feature script or, or that type of thing? Does it follow the same format? How many pages is it? Like, what's the nuts and bolts of the actual TV script? Well, it's not written like a feature because we have six acts, which is the CW format. So that's obviously very different than writing a feature. And then we typically try to be like 50 page within 50 pages or less we usually go over a little more but it's better to have around 50 or less in terms of producing it which our line producer will tell you (laughs) but we always end up going crazy because you know the first draft is we say the first draft is for the writers because you you just want to kind of write the cadillac version and then it just gets whittled down into what you can actually realistically produce so TV episodes um, have to be fairly precise with the runtime. How do you ensure that you're kind of writing to that time frame? I think we just have it, I mean, season seven. So we have a pretty good rhythm going. And, you know, we've found our sweet spot that around 50 pages or, or less is, you know, we're never under. We're always just over because we also write a lot of action. So sometimes mm-hmm. that could be like, you know, on the page, that could be half a page. but in screen time, it could be five minutes right. or probably just but a few minutes. So yeah, so we've sort of had it, we can sort of eyeball it at this point. Do you uh, ever write multiple versions of a scene? Are you ever not sure? So you write, you know, different versions, and then is there an element of improvisation in the actual filming itself that could change a scene? Yeah, well, we sort of rewrite the script. You know, first we come out with a our first published draft will be a studio draft. So then we get notes from the studio and we do rewrites on that, their notes. And then we have a network draft and then we get notes from the network. Um, And then we have a production draft. And then that's all the notes we get from production in terms of a practicality. You know, we can't do this huge explosion because it costs way too much money (laughs) on the budget, you know, which I think all every show I've been on, you go through this notes process. So you're doing a lot of rewrites and then what I like to do before we have our tone meeting, when I prep for the tone meeting, I go through the script and that's just a pure dialogue pass because it's kind of my last chance to be like, okay, can we have a better line here or is this not working? And then, you know, they film the next day right after our tone meeting. And then we still can, if something happens on, you know, one of the actors, you know, has a suggestion that might be a funny line or, something comes up on the day, we have writers on set that are there to sort of help them out during that. Would you mind describing to those who don't know what a tone meeting is? I think our episode with Jonathan Frakes, he was like, 
Yeah, there's a tone meeting. I'm sure your uh, guests have talked about that, but I don't think we've really <laughs> gone into it. So I would love to hear about it. Yeah, the tone meeting is extremely important in the process. It's when the showrunner has a meeting with the director and you go through every line of the script, basically expressing to the director what you want from the line or what you want tonally from a scene. It's basically all the details to ensure that the director is basically inside your head so they know um, this is what you're expecting and this is the intention because, you know, the directors come and go and so they might not, you know, they're not in the show as much as, as the writers are. So it's really important to let them know, even if it feels obvious, every sort of detail, what you meant when you wrote certain things and what you want performance-wise from the actors. When you start production, what is the role of a showrunner on a day-to-day basis? Like, what are you doing on the set? What aren't you doing on the set? So when production starts, it's mania. It's like (laughs) just crazy time. Um, As a showrunner, and, you know, every showrunner is different in terms of how hands-on they are in different areas. Like some showrunners are you know, fully in the writer's room the whole time. Some showrunners are on set, some are in post. And I sort of divvy up my time in all those areas. It's harder to be on set because obviously we're not local. So when I go to set, I lose time with the writers and I lose time doing other things. But I'm definitely, you know, involved in all the all the production meetings and all the many, many phone calls. Like it's hard to explain how many phone calls in a day that a showrunner gets and how many emails you get. It's right. insane. But you know, when production starts, that's kind of when all the decisions need to be made in terms of, you know, cast wearing an outfit on this day and a prop, you know, what color a car, you know, needs to be for a scene. Like all those kind of details are are kind of your decision to be made. How do you balance everything? You said you have all these emails and everything. I mean, I know you have an assistant. Is she heavily involved in the, in the balance of all this? Becky is my true hero. <laughs> <laughs> and she is able to, you know, it is like, honestly true. Like having a good assistant is, is really, I can't express it enough. Like I, I would be sinking without her. She keeps me organized and, she's, you know, CC'd on all the emails so she can be like, you need to respond to this or this because, you know, I'm just running around from, <laughs> from place to place. And then once, uh, and when production starts and also post-production begins and that's a whole other right. you know, piece where cuts start coming in and you have to give notes on cuts and you have to sit in with the editors. And then, you know, on our show, we have, we have some visual effects. So all those, you know, need to come in and get approved. And then you have mixes music. They're just, you know, it's just endless, but all, all very fun. Hey everyone. We just wanted to take a quick second to thank you, our listeners for your continued support. The writer experience podcast has been self-funded from the beginning. So whether you're an aspiring writer who has taken inspiration from the podcast or just enjoy hearing from professional writers, please donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash writer experience. You can also go to our website, writerexperience.com, and click the Patreon button. Thank you again. We really appreciate your support. And now, back to the show. As far as working on particular episodes in TV, 
to the best of my knowledge, there are usually multiple different directors uh, who direct the various episodes. Would you mind explaining in your words, like why that's a thing and, and what your role is working with those directors? Yeah, we are very lucky and we have a directing producer, James Bamford, who's been also been on the show since season one, which I think is super important for any show. And not all TV shows are lucky enough to have a directing producer. So he'll direct a certain amount of episodes for us in a season. And he also will be there to help the visiting directors as well, which is really great. But um, I don't know why directors are uh, kind of freelance. I think it's because like they're, I I have no idea. (laughs) I don't really know. It's always how it's been. Um, I think it's so hard for someone like, to come into, you know, we've had a lot of the same directors throughout the year, so right. they know our show really well. But whenever we have a new director, I'm like, oh my God, you have to catch up on seven seasons of a show. <laughs> right. like, like that's hard. Um, so that's why it's good to have someone who's, been, you know, to have uh, Bam, as we call him, uh, there to sort of shepherd them, you know, some of our newer directors to be, you know, there's no way they're going to know our show in the same way. So... So yeah, we have that working for us. And I imagine um, different directors have different styles. Is there such thing as too much of putting your own fingerprint, so to speak, as a director on a episode? Well, I, you know, this season has been, we kind of shook things up a little bit creatively. And I tell all the directors this season that I'm very open to them bringing their own vision as long as it feels like it is the show. Right. Um, but I love being surprised with like a cool shot that maybe we don't normally do. Um, and I feel like that's been working really well for us this season. Of all your days you've worked on Arrow, is there one day on set that stands out to you as the most memorable? Oh, wow. Is there one day? I don't know if there's one day, but I remember when I first started coming up and no one like knew who I was. And I remember someone thought I was an extra in a club scene we were trying to shoot. And I was like, no, I'm, I wrote this episode (laughs) and they were very embarrassed. Um, it was pretty funny, but yeah, I don't know. I've been up there so much. It's, uh, being on set is so fun seeing everything you talked about in the room to then being on the page to then seeing it actually come to life. There's just nothing better than that. So Arrow is a part of a bigger family of shows that have spun off uh, from it. How much do you coordinate with other shows like Flash or Supergirl? Well, we we really only... Well, we coordinate, obviously, for the crossovers, which is a whole other beast. Um, but we all know each other. It's really fun. I Because previous shows I've been on, you know, we haven't had this sort of spin-off family and we're all in one building flash and legends of tomorrow and us we're all on one floor so we steal each other's snacks all the time (laughs) and um it's so unique to have um this group of other shows that you know you can you can go over and hang out with other people or see what's going on over there and you know sometimes we use each other's characters so then we'll collaborate i guess in that way or you know do each other favors if we're like, Oh, we wanted, um, you know, we're always kind of thinking of other shows that if they I think just recently, um, they asked us, they had a, a newspaper that they wanted to see if they could put some headline 
of something that was happening on Arrow. And we were like, oh yeah, that'd be so great. So things like that like happen a lot, which is really fun. It just like adds to our, our universe. And um, yeah, it's just been very fun socially also just to hang out with other writers and it's not just your one show. What's the relationship with the actual comic book uh, companies that these characters are coming from? Are they heavily involved? What's the relationship? Oh, yeah. So DC, um, they're very involved in, in the sense of they're on all our notes calls and read our scripts. And, you know, uh, when we do want to use, they give us in the beginning of every season, give us a, a list of characters that, um, that we're allowed to use and that they okay. heard us to use, which is cool. And then, you know, we have a lot of Easter eggs on our show. So they're the ones who are kind of like, you can use this or you can't use this. So yeah, they're great. They're really great. And I imagine they're, they're a big part of the keeping consistency as well. Is there one master consistency person? We actually, I mean, I think, I think they do. Definitely. We also have our script coordinators from all the shows are also our heroes because they, you know, the Bibles for all of our shows are insane because we have so much mythology and, um, and then things happen really fast in other shows that we might not know of. So I know on most of the shows we have, like we task a few writers to make sure that they're reading all the scripts from the other shows, just to make sure we're up to date on everything that's going on. And then our script coordinators always keep in touch with each other. You know, if we're making a reference to another show that it makes sense and, you know, that we don't mess up something for them. Tell us about the process of filming multiple episodes or even writing for multiple episodes. I've heard that there's a staggered um, approach to it, uh, that sometimes you'll be writing one, filming the other. Is that how you guys do it or is it slightly different? Yeah, I mean, we had 23 episodes up until this season. So that's a lot of episodes and we have a nine day shoot. So we don't have lots of wiggle room in our production schedule. So we are always shooting, like right now we are shooting episode 19 and we're breaking episode and the script for 20 is out and we're in prep for that right now. And then uh, we are in the middle of breaking episode 21. And then we just got, the cut for episode or we just put out the cut for episode 17 so yeah so that is multiple episodes we're working on at once that sounds like it could be slightly disorienting because you're kind of looking at different space and time at the same time and kind of trying to keep it all together yeah it is definitely um it's definitely quite crazy um but i think i'm just used to it now that it's my normal you said nine days for a shoot how long does um a production just in general a season last so we start we usually start at the end of may the writer's room starts up and then we film through like this season our last day of production will be april 12th but then we kind of immediately start talking about the next season and then our writers will get a little bit of a vacation and production you know won't be back until july so they get a little bit of a break. What do you do during the time off between <laughs> seasons? Oh, I don't get time off. You never get time off. <laughs> I have to um, pitch to the studio like the season. I have to get the new season going and then uh, pitch to the studio and get their approval and then pitch the network. So I this year I might get a week off, I think. <laughs> 
I think that I assume that's a vacation. Do you go somewhere or? Yeah. I mean, well, last year I, I, I got married. So I took a week off. We got married in Hawaii. So that was sort of my vacation, which was amazing, obviously. But yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I don't know if I'm going anywhere this year. Probably not. And you mentioned post-production earlier too. Can you just walk us through uh, what that looks like? Are you sitting in? Do you have final, you know, say on the edit? Yeah. So my process and everyone has a different process as I've learned. I like to, we get the director's cut comes in and I like to watch it alone and just see it. You know, my first instincts, um, I'll watch it and then I'll go in and sit with the editor and give my notes. We'll go through it and, um, I'll give him or her my notes and then it'll go to the studio and network. How much would you say a showrunner impacts the actual aesthetic and just overall vision of the show itself? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I've, I've been on every sort of position on this show specifically, and it's really both exciting and terrifying <laughs> to, to sort of be the last, uh, you know, the final decision because it's, it's all on you. And um, so that's something that's been interesting. It was terrifying in the beginning because I was so used to being on the show and not having that role where, you know, I had a, a lot of responsibilities, but, you know, it wasn't the final product wasn't on me. So I do think that the, the showrunner, that is their responsibility. They have to have a vision and they have to know what they want because everyone is looking to you for an answer. And if you don't have that, then it can, it can make for a very rocky and not creatively great season. How do you stay not stressed out? This just sounds like there's a lot going on. There's a million things going on. So much pressure on you. How do you keep it all together? I don't know. I think part of it is I'm so supported. I have such a great staff and I have and the studio network have been extremely supportive of my vision. I think I'm super lucky to run a show in its seventh season because I am allowed to do probably a lot of things that probably a first show wouldn't be able to do. And they've just been extremely supportive of my vision and, and doing some unconventional things this season. And, you know, it's, it's fun. Like it's stressful, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm making television and this is what I moved to LA to do. And so, you know, I just feel like I'm more grateful than, than stress. When someday Arrow comes to an end and wraps up, how does a showrunner get their next job? Do you come up with an idea yourself and become a creator of a show? Do you talk to your agent and say, I need a job now? Like, what's your, what would your next steps be? Well, first, I'd like a vacation. <laughs> I think you deserve that. Um, I think it's different for everyone. I mean, I personally, I would love for my next project to be my own show. I would love to create something of my own and, and run my own show. So that's probably what I'll be looking for. Um, you know, I know some showrunners were like, I, do, I need a break. I just want to be on someone's staff. And, and you could go out for staffing and consult on someone else's show. Or you could, you know, you could run another person's show as well. So I think there's, you have a lot of choices once you're done. What's the end goal in the long run for a showrunner? Yeah, for me, I, just, I really just want, I've always just wanted to have you know, I don't need to have a million shows. I always just wanted to have a show that that was mine that I created that I feel passionate about. And that's my next goal. I really just want to have a show that I 
you know, that's personal to me. Have you started thinking about what that could be or is that something that's going through your mind? Yeah, it always goes through my mind just because, you know, I, I watch a ton of TV. I love TV, you know, and starting to read material that I'm trying to wrap my head around like, what, you know, what's, what do I want to do next? And so I don't quite know yet, but this is the fun part, feeling like you can do anything. And so that sort of will be what I'll be looking towards doing when I'm done here at some point. <laughs> and did you always want to be in TV? Did you want to be a showrunner or a showrunner, even a thing when you first set out to pursue your career? And how did you start? Do you mind just kind of walking us through sure. the backstory? Um, I had no idea what a showrunner was when I moved out here. I'm from Michigan, from Bluefield Hills, Michigan. I went to University of Michigan and I studied screenwriting and I thought I wanted to be a screenwriter because I didn't really know much about TV writing. And when I moved out here, my first job was working for as an assistant to Dan Fogelman. So I, I got super lucky. I worked for him for my first job on a comedy called Like Family. And at the time, I was like, oh, I love, you know, this is great. You, you write something, it shoots, it airs, you know, you have to wait years for you know, uh, someone to buy your screenplay or, and then another five years for it to actually get made. And, um, and then when I was working for Dan, I wrote a spec script of Everwood, ironically. Uh. And then my second job, I was working for Greg Berlanti on Everwood. So that was my dream job because that was one of my favorite shows at the time. And then I worked for Greg and then from there jumped from show to show, he told me at the time in order to be a writer on staff that you need to be a writer's assistant, which was the kind of the trajectory. And I was going to be the writer's assistant on Jack and Bobby, which I was there for its first season. And then it got canceled. So then I left Greg's desk and I went to work on a show called Invasion, which was Sean Cassidy's show. And I worked for a directing producer named Larry Trilling, also amazing. I got, I worked for like the best people and didn't, you know, obviously I knew it at the time, but didn't realize how lucky I was and how successful they were in the scheme of things. So I got really, really lucky. And then that show got canceled. And then I went to What About Brian and worked as a writer's assistant. And that's when I got my first episode, freelance episode of television. And that was like the best thing to ever happen to me. <laughs> Like my just writing your first script, seeing your first episode error on television is like you like that's just like I can't even describe it. It's amazing. How did you get chosen to be the showrunner? Obviously, there's a lot of writers. What made you stand out? What are the skills that you have that made you the right person for the job? I have. I feel like I've just always kind of gotten even from you know, even when I was rare assistant season one, I've just always gotten the show and it's kind of the heart of the show. And so that was definitely, you know, I'm sure one factor. I worked for Greg a really long time. So he was completely supportive of that uh, promotion and, and Mark and Wendy, who was also our previous showrunner, um, just really, they really supported me and they, everyone was full on board saying, you know, you got this, <laughs> like you can do this job and we want you to do this job. And I feel very fortunate because a lot of most shows 
first of all, don't last that long. Um, and to be able to be given this opportunity is, is huge. Like there's, you know, there aren't that many showrunners. So I felt very lucky to be offered that position. And now that you have that position, looking back and as you kind of just walked us through your career, is there one thing that you would uh, pass along to the aspiring writers who are listening or the aspiring showrunners? Yeah, I think um, what set me up for success, and at the time I was so angry about, (laughs) um, was I was a writer's assistant for five different shows before I became staff. And I had written probably, I think somewhere close to like nine freelance scripts before I got staff, which was always, you know, everyone was always shocked when they heard that. And I think being in so many different rooms, seeing so many amazing writers, including Greg, um, break story, which is how I learned how to break story, taught me so much and I didn't even realize it. And I think that experience was so valuable. And it's also what I think, you know, made me or made me such a successful writer on staff and then made me prepared to be a successful showrunner. Are you ready for what we like to call a series of seemingly random questions? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. We'll keep them quick. The first one, in your Twitter bio, you describe yourself as a lover of coffee. How does coffee play into the role of a writer and showrunning? Are you getting that coffee every day? Does that help fuel the production? It is my everything. (laughs) At our house, and my husband also is a crazy coffee person. We have every type of coffee maker, espresso machine. Like it's ridiculous, but I love coffee and it keeps me going and it's, uh, I will never give it up. (laughs) How many cups of coffee have you had today? I have only had one. Only one. Are you going to have a second? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Love that. Um, cool. Second question. If you could take any writer to any fast food restaurant which writer which restaurant and why oh my god i don't i don't eat fast food although chick-fil-a just opened up across the street and so our writers introduced me to their biscuits which are ridiculous so if i could take any writer i don't even know i'm trying to think of i would take probably marty Knoxon. I'm a big fan of hers and she seems so cool (laughs) and fun. And I think she'd be down for biscuits. Nice. Next question. Is the life of a writer glamorous? No, it is not glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it can be in terms of, there are some perks. We do get fed well. We get free food every day, which is really nice and snacks. But, you know, when it's just you and that blank screen, there's nothing glamorous about that. That's, that's the hard part. Next question. Is TV the new movie? Is this whole Netflix and, you know, even television itself, like, is it the new motion picture? Like, are we just moving towards that direction, moving away from major motion pictures? I think, I don't, I don't know if we're moving away from motion pictures, but... I definitely think that TV, you know, I've always personally liked, I don't want to say I like TV better than movies, but I've always felt a connection to TV, I think, because you stay with those characters longer. And because of Netflix, I know for me, like, it's harder for me to get out to see a movie 
but you know, if I can't fall asleep, I'll be watching Netflix all night. So I just think that accessibility is, um, it's kind of a no brainer. And also the quality of TV is so much better than it used to be. So I think it might be, I know that's, (laughs) (laughs) and is that because of the arcs themselves? The fact you can tell such a longer story, a more developed, you know, more complex story? I think so. I think it's the same reason why people like book series. You know, you're so personal with those characters. And, and then when the book is over, you're, even if it's your favorite book, it's a little bit sad. But if you have, you know, there's three or you know five books to a series, it feels like there's always more of an obsession when there's more than one. And I think that's the same kind of thing with, with television because you get to see your characters grow and do different things. You just have more of a bonding with them. Last and most important question. Did you have fun today? I did. I oh, did. Awesome. You guys are awesome. And you as well. Yeah. This has been really fun. Really appreciate it. And especially after you've explained everything that you've done, the fact that you made time for the Writer Experience Podcast means a lot <laughs> to us. And please uh, yeah. thank your assistant as well. She's been awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much. And- I'll talk to you soon, hopefully. All right. Well, we will uh, leave you to your next cup of coffee and good luck with uh, the rest of the season. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners. We hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.